the allotment. Morning, Derek, Joan said, walking up to Derek's vegetable patch where he was pruning away at some carrot tops. Oh, hello, Joan. Nice day today, isn't it? Derek said, standing up with a little bit of a groan and a sigh. It's not too shabby, is it, Derek? She said, looking up at the sky. I think it'll rain later, though. Joan pulled a face as she said this. Could do with it. I think you're right, Joan. Can't have too much sunshine, can we? <laughs> he said with a chuckle. Joan joined in and they both fell into silence. You're not wrong, Derek, you're not wrong. She surveyed the allotment and noticed three other elderly gardeners at work on their patches. Also, near her right, there was a woman in her mid-thirties wearing blue dungarees and a red scarf around her head on her knees planting seeds. Joan's eye fell on her. How long has Madam been here? Joan said, her voice suddenly turning hard. Well, she was here well before me when I arrived around seven, Derek said. What's she growing? said Joan, still watching her carefully. Japanese mugwort, said Derek, eyebrows raised. Joan quickly turned to him, mouth open in alarm. Japanese mugwort, she said, outraged. I told her. Derek shook his head in dismay. You can't grow Japanese mugwort in Bermondsey. Joan was flabbergasted. I told her, repeated Derek, still shaking his head. Oh, she's a strange fish, that one. Coming in here with her fancy ideas how to grow. How long have we been here, Derek? Joan asked. 34 years, Derek said on cue. 34 years. And Madam thinks she can teach us a thing or two about growing. Joan had picked up a shovel by now. What was that rubbish she was spouting at the last meeting? Biodynamic methods, answered Derek. What tosh! What does she think we've been doing here? Knitting for the last 30 years, offered Joan, pointing the shovel over to her. I know, said Derek. I rue the day we ever let her in those gates, Joan carried on. I know, repeated Derek. Joan was now digging furiously. I said though, didn't I? I said no to the application because she wasn't one of us, didn't I, Derek? I knew it would be trouble from the moment I laid eyes on them, madam. At that moment, the woman who they'd been talking about sees them and waves over. Immediately, Derek and Joan smile while waving back. Friendly, though, said Derek. Yeah, yeah, I'll give her that, replied Joan. She let out a big breath to signify the end of that topic. Derek noticed the change and picked up his flask. Nice cup of tea, Joan, he offered. That'd be lovely, Derek, said Joan. Derek smiled and unscrewed the flask and poured Joan a steaming cup of milky tea. Joan blew on the tea and then took a sip. Oh, that's just what the doctor ordered, she commented, still drinking. How's that granddaughter of yours? asked Derek. Oh, she's grand. Graduating next week, she said proudly. No, that went quick, said Derek. Seven years, Derek. Goes by, doesn't it? Said Joan, pouring the dregs of the tea onto the ground. So she's a a doctor officially like, said Derek with enthusiasm. Oh, yes. She starts a GP practice in Hemel Hempstead next month, Joan said boastfully. My word, Hemel Hempstead. Who would have thought it? You must be over the moon, Derek cooed. I'm pleased for her, Derek. She's worked hard and it's paying off for her now. She's like me, you know. Got my genes in her. Not like the other side of the family, Joan said, giving Derek a knowing look. (laughs) Hemel Hempstead, well, I never. 
said Derek, lost in the moment. Joan looked at her watch and lightly clapped her hands together. Right, tea break's over, Derek. You ready? she said. Always ready, Joan. Derek smiled and they both walked away from the plot towards one of the sheds at the end of a row. As they got closer, Joan's spots tied on a tether by one of the sheds, a goat who was eating a pile of carrot tops on the floor. You got him then, she said, watching the goat warily. Yeah, I got him off Bob's mate, you know, the Middle Eastern fella. Derek scratched his head. Uh, Tom, that's it. Apparently, he has more goats than he knows what to do with. Derek laughed as he said this. Joan laughed as well and pointed at the goat who was still eating the carrot tops. He looks healthy, she commented. Yeah, likes his food as well, said Derek. We'll bring him in the shed and then we can make a start, said Joan, heading towards the shed. At the door, she made a strange, complicated gesture with her hands, opened the door and went in. Rightio, said Derek, and untied the leash holding the goat and coaxed him inside the shed. Inside, the shed was dimly lit by candlelight. Candles of all shapes and sizes were placed in and around the space. In the centre of the floor was an upside-down pentagram chalked into the wooden slats. Candles were placed all around the outline of the pentagram, burning brightly. Joan stood at the back of the shed, naked, holding a black hooded robe. Come on, Derek, I haven't got all day, she said annoyed. She then threw another black robe across the room towards Derek, who caught it in one hand. Derek then took all his clothes off in one motion, leaving him naked as well. Bit chilly, isn't it? said Derek, putting the robe over his head and letting it cover his naked form. Joan did the same, and the goat knocked a few candles over. She then picked up an old black leather-bound book from the workbench and opened it up. You ready? she said to Derek. Derek nodded cheerfully and stepped inside the pentagram, grabbing the goat by its collar, pulling him in as well. Joan watched him, then stepped in the pentagram as well. It was a bit crowded. She started to read slowly from the book. Oh, Master, we call to you on this special of special days. Our love for you is denser than a forest. Our love for you was pure as snow. Our love burns in our hearts. We are your humble servants. We are your puppets to do as you will. She cleared her throat. Oh, master, we want your permission to summon one of your own. Oh, master, we want to summon Baka the Biter. Derek then chanted a name three times. Joan waited until he finished and then continued. Then they both chanted together as one. Oh, master, we are selfless servants. We are yours to command. We do your bidding here on earth. We are faithful. Please accept our simple sacrifice. Joan put the book back on the workbench and nodded at Derek. Derek, with his left hand, drew out a long, ancient knife from his robe and slit the goat's throat. There was a couple of bleats and the goat staggered, then fell onto the ground. Blood poured from the dead goat's neck across the floor and up to the edges of the pentagram where there it began to make a slow, fitting sound. The candles grew brighter as the blood boiled and in the centre of the pentagram smoke started to appear. In the smoke, if you really squinted, you could see a figure of a being with a human body and what seemed to be a huge crocodile head. But then, with the smoke, it quickly disappeared. The blood stopped boiling 
and the candles dimmed. Oh, no, exclaimed Joan loudly. What happened? said Derek, still holding the bloody knife. Not strong enough, said Joan. Oh, that's a shame, said Derek. I thought it was all going rather well, said Joan. You read very beautifully, Joan, said Derek with a smile. Thank you, Derek, Joan replied. Do you think we needed to have anal sex in the blood of the goat? asked Derek. I don't think it would have done any good if I'm honest, Derek, she said sadly. Right, yo, said Derek, and put the knife away. Joan picked the book up again, examining it carefully, and after a few moments she slammed it shut with a wallop. We need a more powerful sacrifice, Derek, it says here, said Joan. Oh, I could ring that tom up for some more goats, he suggested brightly. I don't think any more goats are going to cut the mustard, Derek. She went over to the workbench and thought for a moment, then broke out into a big smile. Why don't you invite Madam out there to come in for a nice cup of tea? Say we want to, oh, I don't know. Need a expert advice on how to grow Japanese mugwort. Derek looked at her, and then the penny dropped. Right, yo, I'm going to need a bigger knife, he said, taking off his robe to put his normal clothes back on again. The candles in the shed began to swell brighter as Joan quickly mopped away the blood of the last sacrifice. <laughs>